In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know if it's a legend or not. I don't know if it actually happened the way that I've heard the story, but it's probably true. We are told, at least in some sources, that when St. John was very, very old, lots older than I am, that the young men would go get him in Ephesus. They would go get him and carry him to church. And when he got there, they would ask him, did he have a word for them? And it was always the same. According to the story, he would always say, little children love one another. Same sermon over and over again. And I think the story is probably true because in his first letter, one of the things he says is, the message that you heard from the beginning is, let us love one another. I think the first Bible verse that I ever memorized and was taught was God is love. I can remember it. Newman, California. Little tiny chairs. Sort of a shabby Presbyterian church with some old ladies teaching us. God is love. And then they taught me Jesus loves me, this I know. The second Bible verse that I recall learning by heart was love one another. Not John 3.16, love one another. And so today I want to give us some reflections on this matter of loving one another. Well, you say, Father John, I got this covered. I love everybody here. I don't think that's true because you don't know everybody here. But you might say, you know, I've really got this one covered. I, I want to take you to a few texts this morning, and then I want to talk about them a little bit. And these are, these are basically, I mean, these are fundamental basic things. Maybe even you could call them preliminary thoughts. But first of all, let me take you to 1 Thessalonians 3.11. Now, before I read it, one thing that I've always wondered, because, you know, I've read these epistles of Paul and Peter and John, I've read them hundreds of times, at least, maybe thousands, over the last years. And when Paul writes, he often says, I remember you in my prayers always. And the question comes to my mind, well, what did you pray about? I'm, I'm serious. What did you pray for? Well, I'm going to show you at least one thing he prayed for. Because in 1 Thessalonians 3.11, he says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase. This is weird language to me. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another as we do for you, 
in order that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Now, that's an interesting text. First of all, he is praying. This has got to be part of his prayers regularly. I mean, this is what he says, I pray for you. He's praying that their love for one another will increase and abound. So if you say, Father John, I got the love base covered, you don't. Because you haven't got it covered because what you're supposed to do is increase and abound in love. Woo! How do you go about doing that? Furthermore, he says, it is God who makes you do this. Or you could say, who causes you to do it. And some of you who've known me for a long time know I kind of like grammar. And we've got here, and in another verse I'm going to read for you, we've got a purpose clause. Because he says, I am praying for you that you will increase and abound. Ooh, that's a big word. Abound in love for one another and for all in order that or so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. If your love is not increasing and abounding in love, you're going to walk around in confusion and not have confidence at the coming of the Lord. Paul says, I'm praying for this, not so you'll have good feelings about each other, not so that you'll get along well in the church or in the world in which you live. He says, I'm praying for this, you, I'm praying this for you in order that you may appear blameless woo, at the coming of the Lord. Now, a very similar text, he writes to the Philippians. And he says, and it is my prayer. He said at the beginning of Philippians, he says, I remember you always in my prayer. And now here's what he says. And it is my prayer that you may abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless before Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. Again, there's a purpose clause. Why does he pray that their love will abound more and more? That's increase. So that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. We all know we're supposed to love one another, right? You've known that since you were a little kid. Your mommy taught it to you. And it's important. It really is. But what we need to do is to put this to practice. Now, I said, to, this is just fascinating to me, that Paul's prayer is, 
that God would make you do this. But in Philippians, he seems to say, well, <coughs> you've been taught and you need to do this. So it seems to me there's a sort of, there's a synergism here. God does something, you do something. God does something, you do something. Without God doing something, you don't do anything of virtue. But God does something. God make you. Woo, I love that. But there's a problem. You've got to say yes. I am willing. I'm willing to have God make me an increase, increase and abound in love. I love some of you. And you don't know which ones. And some of you, I, no, I, <laughs> no, I like you, I think. I don't know all of you. I don't know if I want to know all of you. No, I do. I do want to know all of you. Because when it comes to applying this, we need to labor at increasing and abounding in love for one another. And St. Paul says, for one another, ready for the next three words, and for all. Everyone. Everyone where? Everyone in the whole world. That's who we're supposed to increase and abound in love for. Why should we do that? Well, that's one of the third, maybe the third Bible verse I learned. God so loved the world. God so loved nice people that he gave his only begotten son. Well, if that were the case, God wouldn't love anybody. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, <clears throat> what we need to do with this is to simply say yes. Yes. Lord, <coughs> go ahead and make me increase and abound in love for one another and for all. Now, there's some specific areas of application. First of all, in the church. For the third time, I'm going to say this because it bothers me. I don't know some of you at all. I know the majority of you. It bothers me that I don't know you. Father Nicholas and I were talking the other day about a little, <coughs> a little brochure we put out many years ago before we were an Orthodox church, and we put out a little brochure, and it had 12 characteristics we believe should be characteristic of the church. And one of those was community. That the church was supposed to be a community, and it was a community where we loved each other. And to a, a certain degree, I think we did experience that, uh, but it's hard to have a community when there's as many people. And I want to encourage you, let your love for one another increase. Do you know everybody in the row you're sitting in? You know, this isn't the answer, <coughs> this isn't the answer to everything. 
coffee hour. Coffee hour. On the one hand, I hate the coffee hour. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I don't like it unless it's an opportunity to be a community. Then I love it. If I have to endure you, I don't like it. <coughs> but if I get to love you, I like it. But what we need to do in the coffee hour, well, let's see, let's get the kings in one row, and let's get half the congregation, the bronze, in another row, because <laughs> that includes the geishas and the Morrisons. <laughs> no. <laughs> Make an effort, <coughs> even today. Make an effort. I know, it's okay. If you want to beat it out of here as quickly as you can when the service is over, fine. I'm, I'm serious. But it's, it, the better idea is to stay. Now, a number of years ago, two people moved here, uh, really fine people. And uh, they said, you're really a hard community to become a part of. That's true. Any community is hard to become a part of. You gotta fight a little bit to do it. You gotta hang in there. Just because we don't run up and slobber all over you doesn't mean that we don't want you to be a part of this community. <coughs> you gotta be patient. You gotta hang in. If you have to, plant yourself down in front of me and say, Father John, I don't know who you are. You're just an old guy. I want to get to know you because I want to increase and abound in love for you. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to have to say, well, I like that. And I want to increase and abound in love for you. Now, why do we want to do this? You remember those purpose clauses? You remember those two purpose clauses? So that we would appear blameless in the day of Christ, confident. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I've wondered for about probably 65 years, I've wondered about one Bible verse. I think I finally figured it out. 1 Peter 4.8 says, above all. Woo. Now, I think if he says above all, that means it's number one. You with me? Above all, keep Fervent in love. That's like increase and abound. Keep fervent in love. Here's what I've wondered. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Do you need a multitude of sins covered? Well, I got more than a multitude. If you want your... I think that's where this fits. So that we can appear blameless. How, blameless from what? Blameless from our sins. We say, well, Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood to save me from my sins. That's true. But Peter says, but love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't say it covers them all. <laughs> it says it covers a multitude. I think it covers the gap. So it's important. 
so terribly important that we love one another. We love one another in the church. You know, go home and read. If you got, I don't have time to do this 1 Corinthians 13 business, but you do. Go home and read it. Secondly, on terms by way of an application. You know, <coughs> it is terribly important that we love outside the church. I want to read this. But this increasing and abounding in love is not limited to the church. It's towards all, towards people who have different political views than you do, towards people that have different social views than you do, who have different religious beliefs than you do, who don't agree with you on same-sex marriage, and a host of other issues. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't say in the text, love is patient, love is kind, love envieth not. It agrees with everybody else's opinions. That's not what the text says. We don't have to agree with everyone, but we need to everyone. Remarkable how different political life in America would be if those with whom we disagreed we loved. And we need to be doing the loving. At least we do. How can we expect those outside to love if inside we don't love them? My wife is probably politically two steps to the right of the Archangel Michael. <laughs> That's from Father Peter Gilquist. <laughs> if you were to find her three least favorite people on earth, it would be Barack Obama, it would be Harry Reid, and it would be Nancy Pelosi. Mary Ellen does not need to agree with them. But she does need to. And love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't ugly. Love's not nasty. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and never fails. It's okay if you don't agree, but it's not okay if you don't love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Husbands and wives, do you love each other? Some of you would say, you know, I'm not so much in love with my spouse anymore. Well, stop it! Start increasing and abounding in love. Well, I don't think I gotta love him anymore. Oh, yes, you can. If you let God make you. That's the prayer, isn't it? That God would make you increase and abound in love. And don't tell me, oh, Father John, I'm so ecstatically in love. Uh, we got about 62 years on our record. 
Well, sometimes it hasn't abounded. But it needs to abound. It needs to increase. And it can. But you've got to be, talk to me, willing. You've got to be willing. How many marriage problems can be solved? If you just let it increase. He doesn't say, oh, I want you to go home and I want you to say, I want to love my husband more and more. I want to love my husband more and more. I love my husband more and more. No, just let God do it. But you've got to let him. You've got to let him let, let that increase and abound. What about your children? Do all parents love their children? Well, some children aren't very lovable. <laughs> there have been five major exceptions. There have been 14, yay, 17 other exceptions. And then about 11 more by children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. You love your children, don't you? But love them more and more. How are you going to do that? I'm going to answer that question for you because it's still a little tough. I'll start the answer. How are you going to love your children more and more? You are going to let God make you love your children more and more. Oh, Father John, I couldn't love my child more than I do. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. And children, are you listening to me, children? You can't help it, can you? Because I yell too loud. There are children in this parish who aren't very kind to the priest John because they say he's the one who yells. That's okay. I kind of like that. You know, did you ever see the movie Old Yeller? <laughs> well, I, that was not very good, was it? <laughs> children. Even children. Let your love for your mom, your dad, now I'm going to meddle. And your brothers and sisters increase and abound. Parents, wouldn't that solve a lot of problems? <laughs> you know, some people would ask, Father John, what did you do in raising your children? I tried to prevent a killing. <laughs> but you know, after all these years, I think my children do love each other. They're together enough. Parents, children, we need to love each other. Kids, love your teacher. Even if you may not agree with everything your teacher says, love your teachers. St. Paul's prayer is to increase and abound in love for one another and for all. Peter prays the same prayer. John prays the same prayer. If something is going to characterize us as Christian people, what are we going to do with one another? We're going to increase and abound in love. So what's your decision today? You know, it's really very simple. Your decision today is, are you going to let 
God. Make your love for each other, your husband, your wife, your parents, your children, your teachers, your friends, for those with whom you don't even agree, increase and abound. Are you willing to say, Lord, I am willing. Bring it on me and bring glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen, amen.